0: And uh, I appreciate so much the music here, Brother Daniel. Thank you for the songs tonight, and thank you, ladies, for uh, for that song in special. I think one of my favorite uh, parts of church is is the singing and the music, and love to. Love to just sing these good old songs and how precious they are. Let's, uh, let's stand together. We'll be actually looking at this entire chapter tonight, just taking, we'll read a lot of verses here in this chapter. Um, but I, I want to begin here in verse number one. And uh, we're going to deal with uh, the tribulation, and in particular tonight, uh, the great tribulation. So let's start here, Mark chapter 13 and verse number one. And uh, as he went out of the temple... One of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And uh, Jesus answering said unto him, seest thou these buildings or these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, of course, we, we understand that was uh, the prophecy concerning the temple that was fulfilled in 70 AD. But I want to just quickly give a thought here. Every single building in this world is temporal. And the only thing that really is eternal is the souls of men. And as we go to heaven, and every building is ultimately going to be cast down. You can go back in history and find some of the great, um, uh, the great uh, architecture, uh, architectural work, and. And uh, most of those buildings have uh, been cast down from centuries ago. And uh, that happens with every single building. And uh, verse number three, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, that's a beautiful view from the Mount of Olives down to the Temple Mount. Uh, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? Now in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, it's a threefold question, tell us when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And so we see the three parts of that question from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 24. I want you to join me this evening, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and would you ask the Lord to have his way here in this service this evening, and uh, we so need him here tonight. Uh, Father, we thank you tonight, and uh, just this privilege of being in this place, and Uh, Opening up the word of God and how precious is your word tonight and Lord just ask you tonight uh, again to be our teacher Lord that uh, you would give us truth that would be life transforming and uh, Lord we're dealing with such an important uh, future prophetic event. And I pray, Lord, you might just help us uh, to be excited and watchful and waiting for your return. And Lord, thank you uh, just for the grace and the goodness of all that you are, all that you've been unto us. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus amen and you may be seated uh, this evening I want to do something very quickly and uh, let me have uh, Jason if you could come and Joshua could you come for just a moment and I'd like you guys to step up here for just a second want to give you just a little illustration and uh, that maybe will help us to discern a little bit of where we're going with this tonight and uh, Joshua who's taller here between about the same height Joshua you step right up here And uh, I want to to let Joshua tonight represent the rapture, and we believe that the rapture is the next major event that is going to be taking place, and it's imminent, Uh, it is going to be without warning, and the Bible tells us it will take place as a thief in the night. Now, beyond the rapture, or between the rapture and Jason's going to represent the second coming of Jesus Christ. In the rapture, Jesus comes for his children. Uh, In the second coming of Christ, at the end of the tribulation, seven years between the two, uh, we have the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with his saints. Uh, So in the rapture, he comes for his saints. In the second coming, he comes with his saints. Now, we... Are in this uh, viewpoint right now, and I just a uh, picture, Jason. If you were about ten feet tall, okay, uh, you're you're tall. And uh, what we have here is a prophetic view as we look Matthew chapter 24 and Mark chapter 13 are giving us a view of the other side over there. And I think what's really evident is we can see that other side, and we know the closer we get to that other side, the closer we are. To this side, uh, because this side is going to take place before that side. And so, what we're looking at in Ma- uh, Mark chapter 13 is some of the events that are going to deal with that side of it. And I think as we march through this section of Scripture, you're going to look at that and say, wow, how close we must be to this side, how close we must be to the rapture taking place. Okay, guys, go ahead, have a seat here. Thank you for your help this evening. Now, in the Gospel of Matthew, Uh, 24, uh, the Lord uh, was asked the question, kind of a threefold question, uh, as he spoke of the the temple, uh, the stones of the temple being cast down, and the disciples now looking back to the temple mount from the Mount of Olives, said, Lord, tell us when shall these things be? First part of the question, uh, the casting down of the temple, 70 AD, that was Titus and the Roman armies, and uh, many of the parts of this discourse have an application To that time, and even the parts that deal with a warning to flee Jerusalem, though I think they have a much uh, greater impact as we look toward the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, uh, but there's that warning, that kind of double meaning that goes involved in this. Now the second question is, what shall be the sign of thy coming? Matthew chapter 24, uh, the Lord spoke often there of the rapture. And he says that no man knows the day nor the hour, that it would be like as a thief in the night. And he said it would be two men working in a field. Uh, One would be taken, the other would be left. And the Bible says that we are uh, to watch, that that day not take us by surprise. And then the third part of the question, the end of the world. And a great part of this discourse that we're looking at in Mark chapter 13 tonight and the parallel passage in Matthew chapter 24 A great deal of this portion relates to that look ahead to the tribulation that's going to take place between the rapture and the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Lord is giving really a a tremendous amount of this section is going to be a message to, in particular to the Jews that are going to be saved during that time and others that will be saved uh, during that tribulation time, that seven-year Period of tribulation. And God is giving to them some direction, and it's going to make some application to us tonight that I want us to look at. Now, we believe that the church age will come to an end with the rapture. And then, at the rapture, uh, as Jesus comes back for his saints, the world will uh, then enter into a period of seven years of tribulation. And that period of time, the Lord Jesus is going to focus upon the Jews. And the Bible speaks about bringing about their repentance. Now, kind of a section of scripture that would be worthwhile for you to study out is Daniel chapter 9. And in Daniel 9 verse 24, the Bible says that 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, upon thy holy city, which is Jerusalem, and thy people would be the Jews. He says to finish the transgression... And to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So God gave to the Jewish people uh, 70 years or 70 weeks and that would be a a period of 70 times 7. Each week would represent 7 years. Now, Daniel chapter 9, this 70 weeks begins with the command to restore and to build Jerusalem. And God gave that direction, those orders in the book of Ezra. And uh, from that command there would be 69 weeks or a period of 69 sevens of years uh, until the Messiah would be cut off. Now there was an exact fulfillment of that and we witnessed this in Mark chapter 11. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus entered into Jerusalem. He was presented to Israel as their king. Uh, You remember the story as he came riding upon the the donkey and uh, they sang unto the Lord Hosanna. But we find that the nation and the Jewish leadership and the religious leaders as a whole rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. He was rejected. He was crucified. So that first uh, 69 periods of years has been fulfilled. Yet there's one week left for the Jews. That week is very important. After the crucifixion, we've entered into the church age. There's the gap. We, we had Joshua, and then we had Jason. And There's the gap between Joshua and Jason. It's that last week that is left for the Jews. It's that uh, fulfillment of the prophecy that would bring about the repentance. And we know that According to the word of God, uh, all of Israel will be saved. They're going to turn in saving faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord has an everlasting covenant with his nation. Now with that thought, I want to take Mark chapter 13 tonight. And we're going to rush through this chapter and read through a lot of verses. And uh, we spoke of, uh, I believe uh, a week ago, a great persecution. And uh, one of the greatest revivals... You know, all the history of the world is going to take place during that seven-year tribulation. Uh, We read in the book of Revelation of 144,000 Jewish witnesses. That will be in Revelation chapter 7. There would be 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Uh, We find that they would boldly preach the word of God and they would preach literally the gospel over the world. It's evident that many would be saved during that time of tribulation. And it's evident as you study the Bible that those saved during the tribulation are going to face severe persecution. Now keep your place here in Mark chapter 13. I want you to go forward to the book of Revelation and uh, let's go to chapter 6, Revelation chapter 6. And uh, we preached on Sunday morning uh, beginning the opening of the seals. And we saw the first seal that was opened in Revelation chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 and that was the rise of the Antichrist. In the midst of the chapter, beginning at verse number 9, we have the opening of the fifth seal. And it reads in verse number 9, Revelation 6, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God, and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto them, every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I believe this speaks of a a great persecution, a great martyrdom that is going to take place during the time of the tribulation. As we saw Sunday that the Antichrist is going to demand worship Uh, The Antichrist is going to have a mark, a a mark in the the forehead or upon the palm of the hand. And That mark, um, no man might buy or sell without that mark. And uh, it seems that in the beginning, Antichrist will preach tolerance, but he will be intolerant of uh, Christians. And that's where we're heading our world today is everybody is speaking tolerance, tolerance, tolerance and yet if you look at it the one group that does not fit the mold is that of Christians and the world is becoming more and more intolerant towards Christians and by the way also towards Jewish, uh, uh, the Jewish race and the anti-semitic move that is taking place today. And so this happens during the tribulation. Now go back to Mark chapter 13 and, and I think we have here, though we preached on this Sunday, because throughout the church age, uh, there has been great persecution towards those that have truly known Jesus Christ. Look in Mark chapter 13, beginning at verse number 9. And here the Lord gives the warning, but take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils, and in the synagogues, and ye shall be beaten, You shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither do you premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now the brothers shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son. Children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. You shall be hated Of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And it seems this has been the situation throughout the gospel age, but it will even be more so during the time of the tribulation. It's evident that Antichrist will oppose all that is of God, and anyone that surrenders to the true Jesus. It's going to be opposed by the Antichrist. It's going to be a a great persecution that takes place during the time of the tribulation. So a great persecution. Now look in verse number 14, Mark chapter 13. We have a great abomination. It says, but when you shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, this is in Daniel chapter 9, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand And let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, a lot of people have applied this to 70 AD and to the time of Titus. And and there's no doubt that there was some application to that time because when Titus came against Jerusalem, uh, it was a very um, uh, multitude slain in the streets and left for dead. And uh, many Christians had this warning. and They fled from the city uh, to the preserving of their lives but we believe the ultimate application of this is going to be to Antichrist Now, as we saw Sunday Antichrist will arise out of a revived Roman Empire and you'll see that in Daniel chapter 9 uh, he will establish a covenant with the Jews Uh, I believe this covenant probably involves the rebuilding of the temple, though it's possible that temple could be rebuilt before the rapture, don't know, but uh, might involve the rebuilding of the Jewish temple. All the pieces are in place right now uh, to rebuild that temple. Uh, Antichrist will abide by that covenant, it seems evident, uh, until the middle of the tribulation for the first three and a half years. And then he breaks that covenant. Uh, The Bible calls this the abomination of desolation. He will enter into that rebuilt Jewish temple. He will there proclaim himself to be God. And uh, suddenly the Jews are going to be alerted to that time that he's a false messiah that he's a false Christ. I believe it's at that point that they began to turn in saving faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, Daniel becomes a very important book to the Jewish people uh, during the time of the tribulation as God deals with his people. Uh, so we have a great persecution, a great abomination. And with the great abomination comes a great consternation. The true character of Antichrist is going to be revealed with the breaking of that covenant. Uh, He becomes at that point very uh, anti-Semitic, anti-Christianity. That's going to be revealed. He's opposed uh, to all that is of God. Revelation chapter 13 speaks clearly of this. Look with me in verse 14 in Mark chapter 13. God gives a warning then to his people at that point. He says, "...but when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand." Let him that be in Judea flee to the mountains. And to let him that is on the housetop not go down to the house, neither enter therein to take anything out of his house. Let him that is in the field not turn back again for to take up his garment. But woe to them that are with child, to them that give suck in those days. He says, pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. And here the Lord is giving some strong warning uh, to his people at that time. There's a far, uh, a more far-reaching application. Look in verse number 19. He says, For in those days shall be affliction such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time, neither shall be. Uh, I believe this is the great tribulation. Uh, The last three and a half years of the tribulation are going to be the most horrible times this world has ever known. As we read through the book of Revelation, you will see judgment after judgment coming upon this world. There will be war, there will be famine, there will be pestilence, there will be natural disasters, perhaps even nuclear uh, bombs and nuclear wars uh, taking place and uh, great consternation taking place, great difficulties upon the people, upon the face of planet Earth during that time. Uh, Then we read in the next section of Scripture, a great protection and limitation See, God will provide a protection for the Jews in the wilderness. He's going to open a place for His people. Uh, Many will be preserved through the tribulation to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look in Mark chapter 13 and verse number 20. And it says, Except the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake. And when He speaks of the elect, it's those that have come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. Whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. And so the Lord puts a limit on the amount of time that Antichrist is going to be allowed to bring those destructions. The Bible speaks of three and a half years. That time is going to be limited, and he limits those days. Uh, You'll notice in verse number 21, uh, here's this warning that is going to be given to his people. Then, if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, believe him not. For false Christs and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders. And We mentioned on Sunday morning that just because somebody works a miracle uh, doesn't make it of God. Satan is a miracle worker. Antichrist will be a miracle worker. Uh, There will be many false Christs that are able to do great things, but the Bible says to seduce if it were possible. And I like that statement because if somebody truly knows Jesus Christ, uh, they have the anointing. The Holy Spirit lives within the heart. Uh, the Holy Spirit protects. The Holy Spirit teaches the truth. Uh, listen, I don't believe a truly saved person can deny the deity of Jesus Christ. A truly saved person understands because of the Holy Spirit that lives in the heart who Jesus really is. A truly saved person knows Jesus personally, and possesses the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the anointing within that teaches us the truth of God's word and guides us and protects us. He says, even the elect, but he said, Take heed, behold, I have foretold you all things. That becomes very important to his people during the time of the tribulation, keeping them from deception. So that is a great limitation and protection that God will give to His people. But then there's the great expectation. Look with me at verse 24. He says here in this context, but in those days, after that tribulation, He said, The sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. You'll see this prophecy also in the book of Joel, I believe in chapter 2. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Now here's the picture. We had Joshua. This is the rapture. This is the part that we are looking forward to. And that is imminent. That's coming at any point. The rapture takes place. But then we had Jason seven years beyond the rapture. And that's what the Lord speaks of here at this point. Uh, The Lord Jesus Christ, the coming at the end of the tribulation. And uh, don't you like that uh, that statement there in verse number 27? And then shall he send the angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. And hear the Lord then during the tribulation, those that he's protected... And preserved he will gather them together at his return or at his coming that's the return of Jesus at the end of the tribulation I think as we look at this this is what I was trying to get across to us in the beginning uh, we can see Jason over here that return of Christ and it sure seems we're getting close to that doesn't it and if we're getting close to that we must be getting really close Uh, To the rapture of God's children taking place. Uh, uh, The Bible says in Revelation 1, verse 7, describing this event He cometh with the clouds. And it says, Every eye shall see him, they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. When Jesus comes back, uh, uh, the Jews are going to have realized that he is the true Messiah. Uh, They're going to wail for those. They pierced him. They crucified him. Uh, The crowds, the multitudes are going to see the Lord Jesus Christ. They're going to realize he was the true Messiah. And Revelation chapter 19 verse 11 describes this event as the Lord uh, returns and as described the Lord will gather together the saved. He will enter into the kingdom. He will at that point destroy the lost. Uh, the False prophet, the Antichrist, will be cast into hell. Uh, All of those that have rejected him, the kings of the earth and the people of the earth that have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord will destroy at the brightness of his coming. And by the word of his mouth, he will speak the word. Now, uh, understand, when this return takes place, Antichrist will have gathered all the armies of the world in the valley of Megiddo. We call that the battle of Armageddon. That's going to be the last battle. And the world will be on the verge of total destruction. See, that's what Antichrist will do. That's what happens when Satan is in power. He leads the world to to war. He leads the world to destruction. And the world will be on the verge of total destruction when my Jesus comes back from heaven. And my Jesus will speak the word. He will destroy the Antichrist and the false prophet. They will be cast into hell. Those that have rejected him will be destroyed in a moment. He will gather together the saved from all the four winds of the heaven. And he will enter into the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it will be there that Jesus will sit upon the throne of David. He will be king of kings. He will be lord of lords. And uh, when that day comes, finally there will be peace. This world clamors for peace. But there will be no peace and safety until Jesus Christ comes back from heaven. That's being described here in this event as the Lord returns. Now there's a great illustration. Look with me in verse number 28. A great illustration. He says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender, put it forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So ye, in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, Know that it is nigh, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Just a couple of thoughts. In verse number 28, he tells us, he says, learn the parable of the fig tree. You will find prophetically the fig tree often represents the nation of Israel. Learn the parable of the fig tree. Remember in Mark chapter 11, when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, uh, there was a fig tree without fruits. He came into the city looking for fruit. There was no fruit. Uh, he found vain, empty religion. Uh, that fig tree was cursed. It was a picture of the cursing of the nation of Israel. Then in 70 AD, the Roman armies uh, came and destroyed the city, and the Jews literally scattered uh, to the four winds of the earth. Uh, Israel rejected their Messiah. They faced the judgment. But here in Mark chapter 13, the fig tree will bud again. And Do you remember in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, the dry bones and uh, the prophet was told to speak and uh, the bones would be gathered together again. Do you realize 1948... Israel became a nation. God has been gathering the Jews from all over the world back to that land. That's one of the great miracles of modern day. So it's a miracle that a nation that had been out of their land for over 2,000 years uh, or almost 2,000 years was brought back to that land and that nation again was revived. It's fulfilling Ezekiel chapter 37 Uh, that was the first part of that uh, of that miracle Uh, we're going to be teaching in Sunday school uh, through the book of Jeremiah we're coming to the portion of Jeremiah uh, where the Bible says that there would be life that would be given and God would give them a new heart and Ezekiel 37 there was the gathering together of the bones but then the prophet spoke the word and life was given to those bones and that speaks of the time when there's going to be a great revival in Israel and God God is going to bring about that to fig tree. It's going to blossom and bud again and there will be spiritual life that comes to that nation and we're living in some marvelous times here and, and uh, even though for the most part the Jews have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, do you realize that there are a number of Jews that are coming to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ but the Bible speaks of a time when their eyes are going to be opened and the Lord in Jeremiah is going to give them a new heart. It's a heart to know Him and it's a heart to love Him and it's a hard to have a relationship with them it's a new birth that the lord will bring about and i believe this is the budding of the fig tree and we've often said you want to know where we are on god's prophetic timetable look at israel look at israel and what you see in israel today is events that are gathering together i don't know when the ezekiel 38 39 war takes place but it seems that russia syria iraq iran going to come against israel and God is going to fight on behalf of Israel. And God will destroy those armies. In fact, the Bible says that five, sixths of those armies. I, I don't think it's by accident right now that Putin is coming against the Ukraine. I, I think that we are seeing today all of the pieces put together that we can see these fulfillments or the fulfillment of these end time prophecies. Now, I want to point out a thought here. Look with me in verse number 31 of what the Lord says. He says, heaven and earth shall pass away. But I want you to notice this statement. My words shall not pass away. See, God will fulfill His word. Every prophecy that has been given in the word of God is going to be fulfilled. Uh, You'll find every single prophecy concerning the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ was fulfilled in minute detail. They said over 333 prophecies concerning the first coming of Jesus Christ. Every one of them literally fulfilled. Uh, We heard the place of his birth. We heard the time of his birth. We knew the lineage of his birth. We knew his manner of life. We knew his manner of death. Uh, We knew of his resurrection. Uh, We knew that he would be born of a virgin. All of those were details, and God fulfilled every minute detail. Well, friend, every minute detail concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ is going to be fulfilled. It will literally be fulfilled. Now, we understand there are some things that for us, they just don't make sense right now. But I will say this, the closer we get to that return of Christ, uh, the more our eyes are going to be illuminated. I can truly say from my heart, I understand a lot more Bible prophecy now than I did two years ago. And right now, a lot of things have been opened up, things that I have preached about but quite, did not quite understand. And, and it seems here, uh, these things are happening at a breakneck speed before us. And we are witnessing the fulfillment a Bible prophecy. It's an exciting day in which to live that God has given to us. Now, with that background, here's our message tonight. Okay, everything I preached to this point has been free. Now, we've got an application for you. And that's a great preparation. What are we to do about this? Well, let's go to verse number 32. Verse 32. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. Now, here's where we are. Okay, We are coming upon Joshua, and uh, that's got to be coming very soon because we can see events back over where Jason was uh, that are being prepared. And now we're coming upon Joshua, and here for us today of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed. Here's what the Lord says to us. Watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants. That's where we are right now. The Lord has given us a job. He's given us a position. He's given us a calling. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He's given to his local church a commission. And friend, our commission is to preach the gospel all over the world to every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. The Lord's gone into a journey. He left his house. He gave authority to his servants, to every man, his work. Every one of us have a calling, a position. Every one of us have been given a commission before the Lord and commanded the porter to watch. And he says to us, watch ye therefore. Now, we're not to sit back and just watch. When is that going to take place? The Bible says in watching, here's how we watch. We are prepared and doing the work that he's called us to do. Uh, Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, at midnight, at the cock crowing, Or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. See, that's our preparation. From our perspective, we await the rapture. We can see the events in our world preparing for the tribulation. That should excite us. Because before the tribulation, Jesus will come back for his saints. At the end of the tribulation... He comes back with his saints. And you'll see that in Revelation chapter number 19. Now, just a couple of scriptures very quickly. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Here's what we watch for. Here's what we wait for. This is the resurrection chapter of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 51. He says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, we learn that when the resurrection takes place, we then will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Go with me to Titus chapter 2. This is what we watch for. This is what we wait for. In Titus chapter number 2. Uh, let's begin reading in verse number 11, Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11. And it reads, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us this is what we are to be about doing, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ—that's what we are watching for: uh, the rapture, the glorious appearing of our great God. And by the way, that's a great reference to the deity of Jesus Christ, right there. Uh, one more verse: go to First John chapter number three. First John chapter three, in the um, near the end of the Bible. In First John chapter three, here's what the Bible tells us: this hope will do for us. He says, Behold, I, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. You think about this, to, to be a child of God, to be born again, to be called, what manner of love. I don't earn it, I didn't deserve it, uh, but what manner of love the Father hath bestowed, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and did not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Uh, As we watch, as we wait, we're to be about his business and being about his business we're looking forward to that day when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will uh, rise and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. What a glory glorious, glorious, glorious day that will be. Now, I hope you understand this. We saw Jason over there. Uh, The events of Mark chapter 13 point to where Jason was at the end of the tribulation. But before that point is Joshua. And that's where we are. We're heading toward Joshua very quickly. Uh, No man knows that day nor the hour. Uh, We can't predict when that's happening, but we know it's going to happen because not one jot or one tittle of the word of God will fail to be fulfilled heaven and earth will pass away Jesus said but my words will never fail my words will never pass away that's the promise that we as God's children have with every head bowed and every eye closed